Well, hi there. Happy holidays. What's that? Not the holidays for you? Weird. They are for me because today, well, it's Orthodox Christmas, a perfect time to look back on the year that was. Grab that turkey. What's that? It's, it's in shreds and it's frozen? Being used for lunches now? Fun. What's that? No eggnog? Well, your family isn't speaking to you anymore? You feel sad? I'm late with a special? No, you're racist and wrong. Stop gaslighting me like a Ramaswamy. Regardless, grab your kids, wake them up, strange that it's a school night for you, and sit down as we pay down your debt by the cozy holiday fire together. Because it's time for the Strategist Holiday Spectacular presented by Flair Airlines. And with me, as always, Corey Hogan and Stephen Carter. What's uh, up, guys? That was, that was... Guys, Orthodox Christmas. Ah, get yes. Get doxxed. Yeah, get yeah. doxxed. Doxxed Christmas. That's what the kids say. <laughs> That's, That's what the... they say. That's what the kids you know what? say. You know what? Also our merch store. That's what our merch store says. <laughs> With you get doxxed t-shirts, Corey. They're going to be they're gonna be everywhere, these get doxxed yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, probably. Uh, yep. On the streets, um, in the synagogue, probably not in the synagogues, in the mosques, but maybe. <laughs> no, probably. Prob- <laughs> I mean, I will say... <laughs> I will say, every religion has its own orthodox version of it. So you That's could true. find you could find it in the synagogues and the mosques. In fact, I'd say we start selling there. Oh, yeah, I like that's it. Uh, probably a good good play. Good play. Uh, let me be the yep. sales rep to go into these synagogues and mosques. I think I'll do great. <laughs> I think honestly, depending on on the type of mosques you go to, um, they they like white. And, they have different uh, types they, of they, mosques. They they do have different type of mosques. Carter, we'll we'll get you a primer. Right. We'll get you a primer. This on is our... literally the the whole point of there's orthodox. Yeah, it, oh, it doesn't I matter. See what we'll, you're Jesus yeah. Christ, Carter. Yeah, you, did you not? Uh, and so no, for some I, people, you know more Jesus Christ than others. Listen, uh, went, which is by the way us, which listen, is us this year. I went skiing uh, yesterday, and I'm a little tired, so don't expect great things from me. I went skiing with my daughter, and she skied me up. into the ground. Uh, she kept saying, go, dad, go. And I'd say, I can't keep up, Samantha. I can't keep up. But she didn't give a shit. And then I asked her boyfriend to help me. Uh... Anyways, I made it down the hill. No injuries. I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. But I asked her boyfriend to help me change a light bulb. Honest to God. And it takes two of us in mm-hmm. this house to change a light bulb. And uh, the, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but the uh, the glass thing fell on my head. And now I've got a big bump like a unicorn. On what the- do you mean the glass thing? The light bulb? Yeah, like the light cover. <laughs> fell and hit me in the head it's so, so strange you, you started going with light bulb but then change it to glass thing well we had to end. change a light bulb and to get to the light bulb you have to go under the light you know what it is don't be like this you know what it <laughs> I is i don't know what it is cory um cory anything else before we get going this is of course I, i'll just let the listeners know a holiday tradition for us um the we alternate spectacular the holiday yep. spectacular which is what this is we alternate before um sometimes we do it during um, Orthodox Christmas, uh, which is today. Other times we do it um, during the, what we'd call the conventional holiday season um, for those that like to observe. Yeah. Uh, but this year, of course, Corey, an Orthodox Christmas special, uh, always some of our more exciting work. That's true. And, and not unusual for us to do this in January because we are very unreliable. But last year I was doing it from a bathroom in, in a Hawaii Airbnb. So I feel like this is a bit of a step up. You know, that's such a memory refresher for me because I was trying to think of when we last did the Holiday Spectacular and I couldn't remember ever doing it. Well, just think roughly a year ago, Carter. Yeah, that would I, probably chalk your memory. I couldn't remember uh, at all. I was like, well, totally lost. I well, am, here, now here we are. Can't remember, totally lost. It's time for our first segment, a holiday tradition for 13 years now in a row. Corey, you know what it is. Carter, you know what it I is. Do. It is How White 
with Stephen Carter. Stephen Carter, do you remember this yeah. segment? No, I, I do, and it was really okay. bad, and I forgot to study. Uh, here's what ends up happening. Okay, <laughs> oh, every year no, we predict how white uh, how is... white Christmas is going to be. In this case, uh, because it is Orthodox Christmas, uh, we will of course be predicting Orthodox New Year's Eve uh, okay. and Orthodox New Year's to see I think how we white can do it will Chinese be. Chinese New Year's, and we have found the. Perfect. That's a good start, by the yeah. way. This is good. This is good. This is good, Carter. <laughs> I'm For the segment, I'm how really white zoned in. Okay, Carter. Here we go. I'm going to explain this to the listeners because you know what this is. Corey knows what this. Oh, is. Oh, I'm scared shitless. Co- yeah, Corey asks. Great. Co- Corey knows. I'll give Corey his role in a second. He knows what it is. Um, but Carter, here's what ends up happening. We ask you ten questions. Yeah. The answers to those questions <laughs> are Jesus. not white people. If you get <laughs> above Christ. six on this quiz. Right? Uh, yeah. You, and you've done this with 100% accuracy in the past, I have to say, you will predict your 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 sort of results, yeah. how you perform in this segment predicts whether we're going to have, uh, in this case, a white Orthodox New Year's Eve. It is no wonder I blocked this episode out. Oh, I it, is, it is so a marvel. Poorly. We ask you questions that are simple. Oh, they are straightforward. They are not complicated. They you were just complicated have to answer who these non-white people are oh, God. with pronunciation because, Carter. <laughs> Correct pronunciation. Okay. Come on, really? Yeah, oh. Carter. It's it's a new era, okay? <laughs> we're, we're dusting off those. We're, we're hanging up those old cleats of, you know... I'll go, I'm going to call you okay, Bob, if that's not their name. Okay, yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna go with the full name, the pronunciation. Stephen Carter. We're gonna start right here with question number one. And of course, you might be asking folks, what is Corey's role? Well, he's also a white. He's a Vanna White of sorts. He will be keeping track. He will be potentially acting as as scorekeeper slash timekeeper. Uh, maybe telling Stephen Carter to shape up when he gets some of these questions that are so easy for Corey. Uh, but not so easy for Carter. Wrong. Okay, we're going to keep track. Six out of ten, it's going to be a white Orthodox New Year's Eve. Here we go, Stephen Carter. First question. She was the president of Harvard University until last week. Oh, fuck. It's, this is an easy one. <laughs> this is an this easy is upsetting. One? Oh, my God. <laughs> Corey also does that. Hang on a second. Does that thing. I think yeah. that the president of Harvard University, her, her name it was... Um, well, it's it still, still is. Uh, yeah, I should have that, to change her name. I part think of the that terms it of is um, the president of Harvard. Oh, we're gonna go from one clock and gay was the correct answer. Stephen Claudine Carter. Gay. God. Fuck! I knew that. Stephen Carter. I didn't actually okay. know that. Okay, hit it's me. It's in the news everywhere, man. Okay, hit me. Okay. Carter, he's still a current Ottawa MP. MP. Uh, but he ran for the Ontario Liberal leadership. What's his name? Uh, I actually know this one because I've met the fella. Uh, it's Yasser Nakfi. Corey, we're going to give him one. That's one on the board. Oh! Stephen Carter's hitting 50%, 50% from the line. Yes. That's good. That's good. It's like an Anthony Mason free throw percentage. Deep cut. Anthony Mason I would not have gotten. <laughs> okay. Well, Carter. Yeah. This is a little... This is This is going to be... I think you're going to get this one. Okay. okay. I, think, I want to give you a bit of a, a winning streak sort of here. In the dying days of 2023, she spearheaded a conservative party of Canada petition to advocate for Canada's exit from the United Nations. Who is she? A conservative party? That's right. Here in Canada. You should. You... I didn't see this. Um, can no, I get a hint? No, she's white. Shit. Uh... <laughs> 
Okay, can we I'm give him hints? To, Are gonna, we allowed to give him hints? Yeah, give me a hint. Give me a hint. You should. Get, there should be like a phone a friend kind <laughs> of. Uh, he I asked you last. I remember I last call week call Corey. Hey oh Corey, I'm sitting here yeah, with ahead, Dane Belgi, and we're doing that thing where he makes me look like a white prick. Could you help me out? Um, the question is, uh, she circulated a petition uh, from the Conservative Party uh, to remove Canada from the United Nations. Um, you have ten seconds. She has a doctorate degree, and she ran for leader of the Conservatives the last two times. That's like two hints. No, you're he's supposed not, to answer the he's question. Not, he's, not, he's not giving it to you. He can't give it to you. <laughs> he can't give it to you, I'm Carter. Not. This is the rules. 12 years going, now 13 of How White on the Holiday Spectacular. Thank you for joining us. I feel like if I gave you even her first name, you would still not get it at this okay, point. Okay, give me the first name. Let me no, you can't. It's over. He's getting it wrong. The answer, okay. Corey, is... Leslie Lewis. Stephen oh, Carter. What are you doing? She's a lunatic, too. I should have known that one. <laughs> that Carter, one I should have gotten. Carter, we're one for three, okay? If you were batting in the MLB, you'd be an all-star. In every other an sport, you would, be, okay. you would be on they get the sidelines. Right? <sighs> Here we go. This is simple and straightforward. He's Canada's justice minister. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Oh my god. No complicated wordplay. Uh, Just the fact that he occupies a high level of public office, Stephen Carter. Corey, um, and he's not white. His his general area that he represents. Oh good. I I give you his general race. I'll give you his initials. Okay. I'll give you his initials. How's that sound? Yeah, that's great. Because you A V. Arif Rani. We're gonna give it to Carter. We're gonna give. Is that a half a, point? No, we're gonna. No, give Carter, I get a full, a full point. point. Okay. We're giving. We're giving him a full. That was point. only one hint. You gave me three hints last time, and I still fucked. Corey, him up. what is? What is he? He's, he's, <laughs> is he? Is he? Um, he's now he's two. He's two for four. Two for four. Okay. There's still yeah, six okay. more. Jeez. There's the no end. way we're doing six more. He will get himself canceled by the seventh one. I'm just oh, very worried canceled. about Stephen. This might be it. Carter, name a Filipino person. Oh my god, I ran a Filipino campaign. Um What do you mean you ran a Filipino campaign? I ran, I ran a Philip I ran a Filipino <laughs> candidate in in uh straight forward. Just as any person <laughs> You don't have to go down that rabbit hole. My sister in law. Um uh, Just any Filipino person would do, Carter. Oh I, I, Ramos. I, I, uh, I don't Ramos. Um Go hang ahead. On. Hang on. Give me a fucking second, will you? Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a white Christmas, Zane. Go it's going to be a white Christmas. Oh. Carter, do you have anything? No, Rabos, I'm I got, Now, let me just look up. Filipino, hang on. Now, there's a good chance that Rabos might be a hang Filipino on. No, pop there's star. A guy. One, one named Filipino pop star. A- any, any person, Carter, any person is Filipino. Oh my god! Just, I am like I can literally person. Seriously, no, it's like you guys are killing me, killing me. Okay, we're gonna do. Are we gonna give Carter Ramos as in Eddie Ramos, the Filipino general? Yeah, we're we gonna do we that. Should. I think we do should. That? I, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I got that. Uh, we're good. We're, we're giving it to him once again, folks. Just to remind you, if Carter does get six or more white oh, New Year's Eve slash white seriously. Orthodox New Year's Eve slash Orthodox New Year's Day, Stephen Carter. Currently three for five. 
No, four. For, no, is he, is he, is he, he's more than that. Corey, you're yeah, he's, four for, no, he's he's three for five. Three for five. If you're three giving him five. Ramos, which I think is pretty generous. I got. <laughs> I got to say, a Filipino named Ramos. I win. That's the, that was the question. Carter, he was the former chief of staff to the finance minister, a former CBC news anchor, and currently he's one of the most senior advisors in the prime minister's office. Who is he? <laughs> Come on. Um, the political staffer that I'm sure we all know. Who is he, Carter? Uh, I'll add one more. Silence. He's rumored to be the next chief of staff to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He's rumored to be the next chief of staff? Um, In the PMO. Uh, I have no idea. Like, none. Oh, hold on. Um, uh, nope, I have none. Corey, do you have any idea yourself? Ben Chin. I actually Ben, ben Chin is correct. Oh, yeah, we ben know Chin. Ben. Yes, Carter I got it. could have gotten that one. Carter oh, yeah. is, look at this. Corey, Corey, should, oh, we, no. should we put him out of his misery right now? No, I, I love I mean, misery. You could put him out of my misery. You know, I mean, this is my favorite segment, of course. Uh, this is How White, uh, <laughs> just to remind everyone. Uh, Stephen Carter testing his knowledge oh, don't of do this the, to me. the racialized Did I win? Uh, broader set. Corey, he, so listen. Uh, yes, what we, do we have, We Carter? can't end here. We need to have at least one more, because we're at... Uh, what is he at? Know, we're, we have, he's three out of six. No, no, he, he just got four. He got I four. I got four. I got four. You got no, four. no. Four out of six. You didn't get Ben Chin. He just got it. He I literally just got, got Ben Chin. He said you got Ben, ben Chin. Chin. I got Ben oh, okay. Chin. I didn't. He's the one who said Ben Chin, which then like I said, yeah, see, correct. He got, forgot four quarters. I you're, wasn't listening. I you're a bad okay. Vanna White. Um, I'm not okay. good at this. Four it's or not six. my strong suit. Four or six. Yeah. I think yeah. I got it. One more? You think this is the high quality content people expected in the New Year? I suspect it is. It's uh, better uh, than they expect. Hey, Carter. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this is a personal favorite. Uh, he's the, the Spurs current franchise player. Over seven feet from France. You should know the answer to this one. From France? Yeah. Uh, from you gonna France. accept nicknames here? Um, I'm gonna accept. I'm gonna accept nicknames. Absolutely, I am. Okay. Um, do it, Carter. You got this. What position does he play? All positions. That's not even a lot. Yeah. Come on. You know what? Positionless basketball. How do we have to go? Positionless to basketball. Yeah. We don't. Okay. Do we need to explain this to you? I want to say something like Wemba. 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 Wemby. Wemba. Yama. <laughs> We're gonna take Wemby. We're gonna take Wemby. Okay, we got it. it. We got Wemby. Okay, Carter, we're gonna yes. take it. We do need a proctor at his house. We feel like some of that Patreon money should go towards having a proctor sit beside Stephen what are you Carter. Suggesting? I'm suggesting that. What are you suggesting? We can, we, your hands need to be up when you answer these questions. Is what I am suggesting. Go ahead, ask me one more, Corey. Or Zane, ask here me one go. more. Hands up. I'm gonna, here we go. I, I think he's going to get in the next two, okay? He may not get it with this one, but Carter, this individual died in 2023 in his oh, great. Upper West Side Manhattan home. He was, Carter, considered the the king of Caribbean music, okay? Do you know who this person Kirby is? Hank. Do I need to get... No, okay, do you want me to give you more? His album Calypso, which included both songs, the Banana Boat song and Jamaica Farewell. We're the top of the Billboard chart for 31 weeks in 1956. Carter, a big name, a big personality. Who is it? Well, it's not Herbie Hancock. Uh, no. Caribbean music. It's a big name. I know the song. And it's done by... 
I don't know. So saying, do I cut the silence or do I leave it in? No, leave leave, no, 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 no. The, the silence, silence is, is good. The <laughs> silence lets you know how white Carter circles are outside of me. This is good. This we, is really good. We could um, put like the fear factor sound in the background. Oh, we could. Is, it, is that open source? Is that like... Uh, uh, I the, doubt it. But yeah, okay. It's probably, what is, a, it's probably a knockoff that's available. <laughs> that's good. I like that. I like is, that. Is Shaggy still alive? <laughs> it is not Shaggy. The current answer, Harry is it, Belafonte. Is it Harry, Harry Carter, Belafonte? I moved on. Harry it, Belafonte. It is, yeah. Harry just, Belafonte. I was doing a joke with the whole Shaggy okay. thing. Yeah. Okay. No, you weren't. Okay. It was a Carter, bit. Carter, I'm going to give you five and a half points, and I'm going to let you put you out of your misery here. Okay. He, God. Canada's first First Nations provincial premier elected in 2023, Carter. Who is it? Wapkanoo! Congratulations, folks. It is going to be a white orthodox New Year's Eve. Let me tell you, I performed Day. Congratulations to Stephen Carter. Year. Carter, there were other uh, questions on here that I didn't even want to go into uh, asking you about different ministers. I didn't. I put you out of your misery. Well Did done, you Stephen Carter. The, uh, a senior advisor to the prime minister. I, I pulled that, that one out of my ass. Well, you nailed it, Stephen Carter. You're getting you, better at it. You this. did okay. Oh, That's good. You are. Nice Last year, year, you couldn't even pronounce Racky Pancholi's name. So, uh, Pan who? Yeah. No, I think, I, think you're, I think you are getting better. Well I done, am Stephen getting Carter. better. I am Stephen Carter, multicultural we are, we are moving it on to our next segment, our Flair Airlines Did It Land. Guys, I'm, I'm going to jump in to four things that happened this year yeah. and ask you, like in Flair Airlines fashion, did this particular political thing land this year? Did it work out? Was it successful? It could be a cleanup. It could be a strategy. It could be a particular agreement. We're going to go through each one of them. You're not picking them for me. We're going to go through each one of them. We're going to discuss them for a bit relatively quickly, and then we'll we'll move it on simply thereafter. Corey, I'm going to start with you. You haven't had a lot of action on the pod thus far. Let's start here. Trudeau's election interference cleanup. Did it land Mm. for you in 2023? Did what Trudeau ultimately end up doing after all that public pressure, the back and forth, the weeks and the months of headlines, did the cleanup ultimately land Corey Hogan? Well, Zane, there's a great holiday classic called Die Hard 2. And in this movie, there's an airplane that has its transponder reset to below sea level. And it tries to land, I believe, at Washington Dulles, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, crashes into the ground because sea level was set below the actual sea level that it was trying to land at here. That was their first plane landing on this particular thing mm. when they decided that they were going to, you know, have an inquiry into whether there should be an inquiry. That was pretty bad, and that Very was pretty good. dumb, and a lot of people died. A lot of people died. Wait, in Die Hard 2, not in the actual no. inquiry thing. Thank no. you so just much. Just, just, just the reputations yeah. of one David Johnson. That's right. That's that's pretty much what died there. <laughs> My metaphors yes. are getting a little mixed. That's fine. Now, you'll recall in Die Hard 2. Also known as Dave. That's correct. Yeah. Also known as Dave, that there was a second plane that had John McClane's wife on it. That oh, by the way, just land give, me, give, me, give me one second. Spoilers. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> That then did land safely because he had, like, the flares, which he held in his hands, and he, like, got this plane in. And, and the plane to be landed. clear, spelt same as Flare Airlines. Yeah. That just Flare. Not yeah. quite. And but. then everyone is so fucking happy. Dennis Franz is ripping up parking tickets, right? Just like, it's just, like, joyous. Hundreds of people died. Yeah. But not, they got to have their happy ending. Not one guy's, not one guy's wife. That's basically what's happening right now with the foreign inquiry right like they're able to be like oh this is going okay ignoring the plane crash that occurred a little bit earlier right plane so i guess 
did it land, Zane? The second plane seems to be landing, I guess. I guess the second plane's landing. No one's asking much about the first plane anymore. I guess. That's what I would say. A lot did of guessing. Land? A lot of rhetorical questions. Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan's amped up. Of course, it oh, is yeah. the holidays. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? I'm going full Howard Dean on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm looking for some sound effects eventually. Stephen Carter, Trudeau's election interference cleanup. Did it land for you? Well, I mean, Corey's made a very good point. The plane crashed, but it didn't just crash once. It crashed, and then it crashed, and then it crashed, and then it crashed uh, because the prime minister's office did not hire any pilots. Um, so as a result, <laughs> you know, it just kept happening. Crash, 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 crash. So, no, it didn't land. Um, if you're going to do the double-down strategy, one that we've recommended again, well, well, hundreds of times on this lovely podcast, um, then you must, in fact, double down uh, and not fold like a sick little pup tent or try and find a way around things. Be strong. Uh, take a position and go forward and then maybe the plane won't crash. Uh, but on this one, the, the plane has crashed. And I'm anticipating further uh, plane crashes in 2024. Corey? Yeah, let's let's be clear. Uh, 2023 started around this time last year. The liberals and the conservatives were tied. It did, tied. Corey. You're so smart. What a smart boy. <laughs> Tied. The Liberals are now kind of in the poll of polls down 13 points or so, right? Like, mm-hmm. this plane did not land, you know? And it's not only because of the foreign interference inquiry, but I think if there was one issue that, to me, sort of encapsulated the problems that the Prime Minister had this year, it would be this one. They tried to be too clever by half. They didn't realize when they were making errors, and they held on to a failing strategy way too long. And uh, then they were self-congratulatory when they ultimately managed to turn the page on it after the first half of the book lit on fire. So, you know, classic stuff. Classic Classic stuff, indeed, Carter. I'm moving on to our next one. Oh, good. This is, of course, the Flair Airlines Did It Land Year in Review. Pure Polyev's pivot, Stephen Carter. It began in the summer with the ad. No, actually, probably began earlier. The haircut, the shirts, the glasses, the lack thereof. Uh, the mentions about CrossFit, and then it was the ads, the ads, the ads, the conversation uh, around softening his image. We saw the correlation for the polls going up, but he's experienced maybe some light turbulence as the year ended. Stephen Carter, Pierce Pivot, did it land? Absolutely it landed. It landed 100%. uh, you know, I mean, it, you don't get extra points just for making it look better. Uh, did you get the plane on the ground? Absolutely, they got the plane on the ground. Corey, what were those numbers again? The poll of polls, how far? 13. Oh, gosh, yep, that plane landed. Um, <laughs> we did not think that the plane was going to land. I certainly didn't. And I think that that was just wishful thinking because I know the people on that plane. And uh, I'll be honest, if they didn't make it off, that'd be okay with me. Um, but here they are. Not only did they land the plane, but they're flourishing. Uh, they're going through um, duty-free and just picking up all kinds of shit for, for practically nothing, all on Justin Trudeau's credit card. Ah, oh, beautiful mixed metaphors. Lovely metaphor. Expected. Yeah, yep. very nice. You guys are welcome. <laughs> did it land for you, Pierce Pivot? Yeah, I. You know, it's still on the taxiway. I'd like to see if it gets to the gate to continue your metaphor here. Because, but for sure, for the year they landed it. The, you know, we didn't even talk seat projections. Seat projections are always a mess. But basically, 
at this point, it's not even in doubt that the conservatives are in majority territory. Yeah. Right? The, the liberals would have to take up some significant ground just to yank them out of there. And by the way, I say the liberals, but the liberals are barely ahead of the NDP. Maybe it'll be the NDP that needs to get ahead of them at, at the current trajectories of these parties here. So that's, um, you know, tough to say that it didn't land with his pivot. The other thing I will say is on the more anecdotal side, the number of people I've talked to who are not political, who are like, oh, that Pierre Polyev seems like a nice guy, makes me think his pivot landed. Yeah. Because Pierre Polyev is a lot of things, but would I describe him, you know, his public persona as that of a nice guy? I sure wouldn't have before 2023. And not only his public persona, his real personality. Corey, I'm going to start with you on this next one. The did it land for Daniel Smith in the fall? She had her moratorium on energy projects. She had, of course, her APP introduction that she introduced and and then quelled. She had, you know, comments about many different things. But her fall overall for you, did it land? It didn't nothing necessarily seem to stick to her from a negative perspective, or you might disagree. Smith's fall, did it land for you? Look, she landed the plane in the spring and she moved it into the hangar. She lit it on fire and she said, no big, I don't need to fly again for four years. That's what's happening right now. And and it's actually pretty common behavior for a government to do its, its tough stuff in year one, right? When they've still got the most charity, when people are most fatigued about an election, when the opposition is most disorganized or internally looking, you know, thinking about their own leadership and their own future. So I, look, the polls don't show Danielle Smith in free fall. The polls show her actually in a relatively steady place. She has done some pretty wild things that I think are ultimately, for people who are paying attention, pretty unpopular and unpalatable. But if you're going to do unpopular, unpalatable things, crassly from a political strategy point of view, this is the time to do them for all of the reasons I said. So I think she's in a fine spot right now. What will be interesting is to see where to from here, Uh, you know, and whether she's going to have to start dealing with things like caucus unrest, whether she's going to start seeing people clue in and pay more attention and be more negative about it, you know, whether the Alberta pension plan manifests as her worst nightmare, all to be seen. But in terms of like the 2023, did it land thing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I I mean, I'd have a hard time saying otherwise. Carter, did it land for you, Smith's uh, fall? The, the flurry of activity, the, the introduction of the APP, what do you think? Did it land? Well, I mean, it, it, I think she landed, but I think that she landed a very small plane in a remote airfield. Um, so, you know, that is, she's, she's come in, she, there's no popularity bump after winning the election, which is tradition. Um, you know, normally you go up, she stayed, it stayed relatively level or gone down. Um, she has put her foot in her mouth on a number of different things and brought forward ideas that weren't discussed in the campaign, not only weren't discussed in the campaign, we were told on some, you know, on the Alberta pension plan, for example, it wasn't going to be discussed. Uh, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to be a part of the government after the election. So I don't think that she's crashed and burned by any stretch of the imagination, but she let, did land a very small plane, uh, probably done down in Southern Alberta. And she's, uh, getting together with the, the far right wing kooks down there and having a great time. Carter, I'm going to stick with Alberta and add another one, an, an, an audible, so to speak, that I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, add to the table. This is something we, when it first happened, we talked about, and I don't think we've talked about it since. So I'm going to ask you, in the spirit of the holiday spectacular, Stephen Carter, did the Alberta NDP 
land the plane on every one of their caucus members getting a critic title. We talked about this in depth when when it began, but did they land the plane now with some time and 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 um, some ability to to look at this? I wanted to balance off the Alberta conversation. This is one that I think is is fascinating. Did that particular political strategy or tactic land for you? Largest opposition in Alberta history, and I'll tell you something because they named every single one of those caucus members a uh, you know a critic. Mm-hmm, or shadow minister. Or I right. know every single one of their names. Go ahead, test me. <laughs> test me because that critic stuff really Name, everybody uh, up and made them the most efficient that they can be. So instead of focusing maybe on three, four, five, six people, the, you know, a number that we could remember, instead you wind up with, I don't know, what's 30, what, 37, 38, whatever the number is, who cares? Because I don't know a fucking name. Apparently, Racky Pancholi. There you go. And I can say it properly now. I'm so proud of myself. But that's it. Like, how? who else am I supposed to know? Because I haven't seen them anywhere. Because they uh, have any... no focus and they have no no ability to get attention for 38 people or 37 or whatever the fuck the number is. Uh, Carter, do they have any Filipino people in that? Uh, <laughs> it seems to be a strike. Didn't they at one point? Okay, Corey, uh, what do you think? Did they, did, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you, Carter. I'm gonna Thank be you. I'm gonna be a Christmas angel, Orthodox Christmas angel. Corey, what do you think? Did the Albert NDP land the plane on on this particular uh, political um, uh, choice? Look, th- by making everybody a critic, they they're trying to write a book with more characters than a George R. R. Martin novel, and I don't know that that's particularly wise given everybody's. Uh, let's look at it from two lenses. Let's look at it from the public point of view. I couldn't agree with Carter more. Like this is. Unlikely to me to be the way that you build characters that you can then use when you actually need them during elections or during heightened moments when people say, I know this person, I trust this person, this person seems savvy, I understand the things they say, I can I can connect with this individual, right? That's one lens, and I would say that hasn't, in my opinion, assisted them any, although let's not overstate it either. I don't think it's been like a fatal flaw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing is <clears throat> kind of, well, let's say three. There's Then there's the stakeholder component which is I get to go talk to people and say, I'm critic for X, and that's the reason that you're talking to me here. And I don't know. Like, we just don't have good line of sight on that. You would have to ask somebody who, I mean, on a day-to-day basis works with the Alberta NDP caucus to sort of understand that at this moment. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait a couple of years to see what kind of fruit it bears. You know? But then the third one, and the one that I always found kind of interesting, was the notion of, like, the internal dynamics that you are creating and avoiding, uh, in the you know, there's pros and cons here, but I can only imagine what it's like working in that caucus office. And if somebody comes up to you and is like, "I'm critic for X. I need support." And it's like, "Well, you and thirty some other people." Yeah, right? exactly. I want to know how that works on a day to day basis with limited caucus resources, with people expected to do their own research, but with you still trying to tell one story as an opposition. It's probably not a huge deal right now because it does look by all signs like the Alberta NDP is going to have a leadership contest at some point in the next 12 months. But I think if this was a regular kind of course of action where you've got one leader with one vision with one plan, I can't imagine it would be a particularly good it's strategy. It's fucking stupid, Corey. Just call it like you see it. boy, Corey Hogan, it's fucking <laughs> stupid. That's what he said. Carter, in the holiday spirit, of course. Uh, finally, Carter, I'm going to begin with you. Jagmeet Singh's Supply and Confidence Agreement. I asked you about this last year in terms of the fruit that it bore, this year in terms of the fruit that it bore. 
uh, and and what he as the federal NDP were able to get from it, both in terms of positioning policy and frankly dollars to support policies they care about. Did it land, Stephen Carter? Well, no, it it didn't land. The people who are going to be able to receive benefits don't know that they've got them. The uh, I I think the dental community's you know confused as hell about what it is that is actually going to happen. And for some reason, it comes with a price tag that seems completely disproportionate to the number of people that are going to be impacted. Um, you know, based on some just kind of cursory glances at some of the programs, isn't it something like you have to be eighty-seven or something to get a uh, to get dentures covered? I mean, eighty-seven seems pretty old. Doesn't seem like there's that many people left at eighty-seven. I mean, so actuarially, it it strikes me as a relatively small <laughs> investment. And if you delay for a year, you lose like 50% of them. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, just delay one year. and That's good. Healthcare policy advocate Stephen Carter. Uh, uh-huh. Corey, Jagmeet Singh, supply and confidence. Did it land? No, crashed. Oh, sorry, Corey, that's you. Well, let's unpack it a little bit more here. I I, I would say at this particular moment, is there something that the uh, the NDP, the federal NDP could be more thankful for than the supply and confidence motion? Because they don't want an election. They don't want a conservative government. This is kind of their excuse not to do the thing that otherwise everybody would be expecting them to do. Deeply unpopular government, hold them to account. Let's go to the polls. Hi, I'm Prime Minister Pierre Polyev, right? So in some ways, it is now um, their minor salvation. No. The thing is... No. It's pretty hard to argue, and I did argue, but I'd say with the benefit of hindsight, that this has been to their advantage in terms of their public profile. Like, they have Mm. done a shit job of getting credit for anything that the liberals did, and they're not up in the polls. Like, I don't know if I can think of a time in my lifetime, Carter, maybe you can, and maybe there's some recency here, where the... Where the liberals have dropped that much and the NDP haven't climbed at all. You know, like that's baffling to me. You kind of have to go back to the Mulroney years to find anything that's vaguely like this. You know, in that time, Mulroney was seen as a as a kind of court, you know, brought together all these different parties, all these different factions. But there's nothing like there's nothing that seems to be like that with Pierre Polyev. He's not actually bringing together factions so much as just being the beneficiary of incompetence on both sides of the quote unquote left of center uh, side of the aisle. So let's make a case. Let me make a case at least that maybe, you know, for whatever reason, the NDP is in an absolutely brutal purgatory. They can't get any traction with anybody here at all. But now the uh, supply and confidence agreement at least allows them to have another year to figure their shit out. But if they waste this year, all they will have done is delayed the inevitable and probably to their detriment. Because if this election, if there was no supply and confidence agreement, if there was an election in the spring or in the summer as the liberals were just starting to fall in popularity, you'd probably have a minority government. Right. But like a deep minority government uh, for the liberals or a strong minority government for the conservatives where the NDP would have some sort of power. But now, now the cupboards will be bare if there's an election. And so they can use this to put off the election for a little bit more. But they could have put off the election anyway. It's just by simply saying, OK, well, here's something that we want. Now give it to us. I'm and, not sure and, they should. With, but they like, could have done that. And instead, now? Yeah. instead, what they've done is they've just given everything away for free. Right. Like there is no 
requirement on behalf of, you know, oh, we, we gave you your dental piece. Okay, well, I didn't get any credit for it. Yeah, well, tough luck. Good luck next they time. Put in, the, put in the calendar NDP strategy special. I yeah. want to know how the NDP get themselves out of this particular. Do I have to We are doing it, Carter. Okay. No, Carter. Carter's being presumptuous <laughs> again. Here we go. That, of course, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for that, guys. That was the Flair Airlines Did It Land. Let's transition to maybe a bit of a somber note, because every year we lose some folks, Corey. We lose some strategies. We lose some policies. (laughs) We lose some initiatives. Political lives are lost. Um, Well, sometimes they're just forgotten and they're still there. Which brings us, of course, to the forgotten but not gone Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gates, Stephen Carter. This is where we get to say goodbye uh, from the gates, uh, waving goodbye for 13 years in a row, even predating Flair Airlines. Um, Stephen Carter, this is a sad, sad time for some uh, who are celebrating the holidays politically alone, mm-hmm. uh, maybe politically cold, isolated. Yeah. Maybe that fire isn't as warm as it was last year. So, Stephen Carter, let's start with the mention of fire, and let's give our first Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate to you, Stephen Carter, because forgotten in some ways politically, but not gone, is the carbon tax. Oh, Stephen Carter, take us away with the, the short, on. succinct, but emotive goodbye. To the carbon tax. The carbon tax of Canada, and arguably the rest of the free world, has died a death due to what we lovingly refer to as the tragedy of the commons. It is our inability to act together because of our selfishness in the moment. It is for us our desire to blame others instead of taking individual responsibility that has condemned this action to death. Now, one could argue that this tax was always fated to die because um, people uh, in general want to punish others instead of themselves. But after reviewing a few articles with the headline, uh, The Carbon Tax is Dead, from The Atlantic, Trevor Toome, Luminaries like Rex Murphy, the Fraser Institute, Chris Nelson, Ken Bosenkool, who I had actually over for Boxing Day dinner, uh, Globe and Mail, and of course our friend Max Fawcett, who wrote a stunningly good profile about me called The New Pro- Politics, published on September 12, 2012. Uh, <laughs> Just like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of those th- thinkers. Included the captioned their title Wait, with Rex Murphy. Rex Is Murphy. A, okay. Rex Murphy and Max Fawcett are now on the exact same page on this. <laughs> I want you to I want you to understand. The mourners include Rex Murphy and and Chris Nelson and the Fraser fucking Institute. So yeah, it's dead because none of us want to pay for the sins of our past. Wow, a lot of yelling in that eulogy. Thank you, Stephen Carter. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes that's how um, mourning happens. Shifting blame. Yeah, that's true. Shifting blame. A lot of yelling. A lot Denial. of mind melding. Uh, yeah. Corey Hogan, I'm going to throw this over to you. This is, of course, the forgotten but not gone Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate. And we need one annual goodbye to one Ron DeSantis. This is a Ooh. dead man walking. Uh, a dead man walking maybe weeks 
that he has to live, um, do us a solid. Say goodbye, like a family member, Corey. Say goodbye, once and for all, to Ronnie D. Florida man, Ron DeSantis. Most famous for opposing science during COVID-19, also notable for opposing the so-called woke agenda, which was enough to make him look like a contender in today's Republican Party, has struggled to lift in the polls, just as he has struggled to lift his feet beyond his tiny stature. Starting with 39 to 36% favorable at the start of the year. Uh-huh. Now 48% unfavorable. Jacksonville's least favorite son. He has blown a war chest of almost $300 million through a super PAC called Never Back Down. Kind of hilarious for a campaign that has never stood up. As he kisses the boots of Donald Trump on his way out the door. I want you to know and reflect on how tragic it is that he's now coming third to a woman in the primary who doesn't know the Civil War revolved around the issue of slavery. This dead man, walking in lifts, is leaving us in 2024. But in a way, he's already left us. Amen. Oh, God. Beautiful. Jesus, man, you gotta give me a Uh. warning. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know in a couple of weeks, his robotic smile will be looking down at us. Uh, Carter, what's the, na- what's the name of that woman who's in second place? <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Haley. Okay, okay that's good. good. All right. Brown woman, white name. Okay. Uh, hey, what's the name of her husband? What's her husband's name? Frank. No, no. There's a story, though, about how she renamed her husband. You guys heard Oh, really? I haven't read that. No, I've not not heard this. Um, Uh, One of their early dates, I guess, his name was William. He's like, what's your name? And he says, well, you know my name. He says, I don't like it. What's your middle name? And he said Michael, and he's gone by Michael ever since. So, uh, Oh, my God. We got that going on. Corey, um, beautiful eulogy. Thank you so much. Thank Uh, you. uh, Stephen, Stephen Carter, you know, Corey said something at the beginning of that eulogy that really encapsulates the spirit of our next person. Okay. Who's politically passed away. Uh, who? Uh, Heather Stephenson. What? I'm sorry? Yes, indeed. Uh, Carter, the, the political eulogy for the once part-time premier of Manitoba, who is no longer campaign like there was no tomorrow, campaign like no one was watching when everyone was watching Stephen Carter. The Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate, forgotten but not gone, Heather Stephenson eulogy by one Stephen Carter. Okay, this is a little embarrassing. Um, who? <laughs> yeah, so Heather, Heather Stephenson Carter. Corey, um, could you just give me a second here? I just have to open up. Uh, okay, Corey, tell me like three things about Heather Stephenson, if you don't mind. Um, Maybe two. Manitoba. Okay, okay. Manitoba. Landfill. Okay. Didn't want to search it. Yep. Okay, that's enough. I got two. I mean, that's it. That's, that's all enough. I got. That's enough. I got it. Okay, Carter, you're good? Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry, folks. Hang on sorry a second. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, hang on. Do, do I want to tee you up? I'm making heartfelt. I got to draw on my drama skills. Do I want to tee you up or are you good? I'm good. Here we go. Okay, good. There once was a woman named Heather who doomed her party forever. Her ads caused a fuss. No to the landfill. Thus, she paddles a canoe down the Red River. Huh? Uh, y- 
Huh? I guess that's pretty good. Uh-huh. You put in that whole thing about the Red River, so you know that about Manitoba. That's exciting. Pretty well, that's good, actually, I didn't know that about Manitoba. That was a che- chat GPT uh, special. <laughs> you, I just needed a couple of things from you, so I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. That's a uh, Mad Lib Limerick by Stephen Carter. We, no, we not by me. It's by chat GPT. Thank you so much. We're deviating chat slightly. GPT. Corey, this next eulogy really underlines the forgotten but not gone in some ways. And and sometimes in our political world, things are introduced that we've never wanted in the first place. Uh, They take up a lot of time. They take up a lot of space. uh, And then they're ultimately parked to the sideline, prematurely killed. But they should have never entered the political fray to begin with. Corey, you have one of those next on the list. It's the Alberta Pension Plan, Corey. Please. The Flair Airlines, forgotten but not gone. Annual goodbye from the gate for the Alberta Pension Plan. I'd like to read from the book of Psalms, chapter 137, verse 9. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. (laughs) One of public policy's most beautiful children, the Canada Pension Plan... <clears throat> oh my god. Is in the sights of Danielle Smith, Premier of Alberta. The CPP, darling of pension funds, envy of nations, uh, was assaulted on the rocks in the spring, in the fall, in the current times, by the idea of an Alberta pension plan. A pension plan that would be smaller, politically motivated, less stable, less portable inferior in every way but kind of something that some people thought was a good idea 20 years ago and just can't let go of Danielle Smith denied considering an Alberta pension plan during the election she accepted that that was her fate come the fall but even after millions spent polls show no support no chances no opportunities but Zane just like the plane that was lit on fire there are four years to do more arson, to figure out more ways to get that joy that you get from smashing them against the rocks, I guess. I didn't really know how to end this one. That was good. That was but, good. Uh, I don't think it does end. Yeah. yeah. Living Alberta on- Pension Plan. Watch this space. Forgotten but not gone, but potentially living. Stephen Carter, once again, a beautiful eulogy. I, I really wish you would take some notes from Corey and strike that somber tone we are looking for. You didn't for. like I'll the give you an opportunity. I, I think the limerick was, was fine. I think I admitting that it GPT, was, was yeah. thank you so much, admitting that it was I'll, done by <laughs> generated AI. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll back it with some extra sad music. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll be fine. We'll clean you. it up we'll, we'll, we'll really, yeah. We're okay, uh, thank you very score. much. Thank you. Goes to Corey Hogan. Stephen Carter, I'm giving you a final opportunity here because it is about Canada's relationship with India because in mm. 2023... It's done. We are eulogizing it. Uh, it will be a long time until it is perhaps reborn. Stephen Carter, take it away. The Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate for Canada's relationship with India. Starting with the death of our citizens comes the death of our relationship with India. We have seen what happens when you stand up against a government that stands against you. Um, obviously, the Liberals and the New Democrats, uh, no, just the Liberals, never mind the New Democrats, they haven't done fuck all. Um, the, the Liberals saw 
a grievous sin committed against our country through the assassination of one of our citizens. And the reaction of the Canadian Conservative Party was to say, that does not matter to us. We're fine. We're still alive. What the fuck, man? And the, the Americans said, we have other things to worry about with India. Good luck. You're on your own. And so Canada went it alone. And we wound up getting our asses handed to us. That ha that's what happens when you go and you pick a fight with the largest kid in your grade 8 class. When Alan Payne kicks the shit out of you, there's nothing you can do but just allow it to happen. And then one day, hire him to be your accountant. So, <laughs> I will finish with this, with this. We committed no sin against India. They committed a sin against us. But let us remember for always, the larger country always wins. We should know that we live next door to the United States of America. Thank you. Okay, Amen. somber and tough, indeed, oh, beautiful. Carter, I should mention uh, to the Patreon subscribers, we will be introducing a new $25 a month package, which includes having Stephen or Corey, uh, all expenses paid, coming to a funeral of your choice. Not and, ours, and giving a eulogy. right? Like, not no, no, our, no, no, a family our, member, friend, pet, oh, okay. plant, we'll do it all, right? Uh, it's, it's our new package that we'll introduce shortly. Corey, the final eulogy. And sometimes, Corey, uh, when you see something leave when it is forced away from you when you push it aside you regret you repent and our final flair airlines annual goodbye from the gates might fall into that category because Corey, you are here today to eulogize the bc liberal party gone it is but it is reincarnation is alive and not performing so well so Corey. <laughs> Eulogize for us, please. The final Flair Airlines goodbye from the gate for 2023. The BC Liberal Party, which was laid to rest earlier this year. You should do it as a limerick. Uh, I never do this, but I have another Bible verse. Okay. Oh, okay. This one's from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23-24. From there, Elijah went to Bethel, where he was on his way. Some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him. Go up, bald head, they shouted. Go up, bald head. The prophet turned and saw them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two she-bears came from the woods and tore 42 of the children to pieces. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how that ties to what we're going to talk about. I, is, I, I, is that real? I like the word she-bears, though. Yeah, it's really good. But... Every year I make a list of Bible verses and I pick one, and this one was pretty good. When the BC Liberals lost the last election, they asked themselves, why? Was it a leader who couldn't stop telling us he was a lawyer and a doctor? Was it incomprehensible policy, like a one-year tax holiday for the PST? Was it being completely outplayed by the BC NDP on the COVID issue? No, of course not. Obviously, this party that hadn't governed since, well, let me check my notes here, 2017, came to the conclusion it was their name, unelectable. So name change they did. Now, Stephen, yes. now Zane, now congregation, would they pick a name that talked about where they sat on the political spectrum? One would you say no. One no. would help, but no. no. What's the answer? No. 
No. Listen, listen. You're not Catholic. Call and response is kind of big for us. Okay. Oh, so uh, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, that's good. I was no. full answer from that. No, yeah. no. <laughs> good. I, oh, Jesus. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. We're not. We're not like Baptists. Here. Oh, sorry. You gotta, you gotta. You gotta make it sound like you're reading an incantation. As oh, I see. No. Okay. No. Okay. Can you wait? Can Would you they? Just... Yes, that was better. Yeah. No. Would they pick no. a name that spoke to their political philosophy? No. 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 Just one. Would they pick a name that spoke? Of their value proposition to British Columbians? No. No. No, they wouldn't. No. No. Of course, not obviously this smart political party that knows to keep the focus on the voters instead decided to choose a name that said they had no internal divisions. BC United. Which I have to say is kind of like calling yourself the No Murderers Party. It was very suspicious. Suggested perhaps they were not actually so united. But it was also very uncompelling. We were all over Ted Lasso by now. And here they were, with a soccer-themed name. So now we see them, six feet under in the poles, dreaming of the glory days of Andrew Weaver's leadership. It is an organization truly forgotten, but not gone. Oh, very nicely done. Tears oh yes, eyes, that of man. course like concludes our Flair Airlines <laughs> Forgotten But Not Gone annual goodbye from the gay. Thank you to Stephen Ooh. and Corey once again. Our our new package on Patreon, uh, one free funeral included with that one. They will eulogize oh, all wow. expenses paid. Yeah, yeah, you guys will be paying these expenses. Have you run the numbers on this? I just yeah, I have really absolutely like not. not. Well. I have absolutely not. No, I have not run the numbers. <laughs> guys, we have to move on to our next segment, and of course, uh, sticking with our sponsor. By the way, a great time to shout out our sponsor, Flair Airlines, who has sponsored the holiday spectacular even prior to them existing this is the 13th year in a row Stephen carter it is time for the flair airlines rare perfect landing that's right carter rarely does flair airlines make it to the the tarmac properly on time and i have got for you a couple of political things that have happened this year that i think would be almost universally described as w's across the board you have to tell me which one is the biggest win and Corey, I'm going to ask you that same question, same list we'll discuss, so to speak. So, Carter, here's your list for you. You got Pierre Polyev's summer with the ads, the polling bump. You got advocates in the latter part of 2023 getting Canada to commit to a ceasefire at the UN. You have Daniel Smith winning the 2023 Alberta election. You have Wab Canoe winning the Manitoba election in 2023. And you have Olivia Chow in a very crowded field becoming the mayor of Toronto. Stephen Carter, Polyev, advocates on a ceasefire, Danielle Smith, Wab Canoe, Olivia Chow. The rare perfect landing for you goes to who, Stephen Carter? Well, I think you have to immediately take Chow and uh, Canoe off because Chow, uh, Chow was supposed to win from the beginning and it was actually way closer than it should have been. Um you know, I, I think that Canoe is also should have been much higher up when you've got an opposition party or a, a government that's pledging not to, uh, you know, dig up a landfill uh, and coming across as racist bricks. Um, speaking of coming across as a racist brick and doing well, Danielle Smith uh, was doing stronger than one could expect. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the ceasefire from Canada. I mean, I think that us standing opposed to the United States is a big deal. Uh, and I just don't want to give Pierre Polyev anything. So I am between Smith and ceasefire. Smith and ceasefire. I'm going to do the uh, random number generator. 
on ChatGPT. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm actually going to go with the advocates uh, and Canadian ceasefire, uh, calling for the Israeli ceasefire. That's a big get. And it was not something that I thought was necessarily possible uh, when the United States was standing uh, where they were standing. Corey, of course, controversial to many, even within the government, right? This potential call for a ceasefire. But the advocates who pushed for it collectively, they got what they were, were looking for with their advocacy. Similar to last year when we talked about on the Holiday Spectacular, CUPE in Ontario pushing Doug Ford to, to their ends in terms of what they wanted uh, as an outside player and advocate. Corey? Pierre, these advocates on on Canada committing to a ceasefire, Danielle Smith, Wab Canoe, Olivia Chow. That is my list. Feel free to add to yours if you think oh, it's how none come of these. He gets but, to add. Well, he can as well. Carter, I don't give you credit to be able to add to <laughs> okay. a list that exists. Okay. <laughs> okay. Corey, who are you choosing for your Flair Airlines Rare Perfect Landing of 2023? Well, on the ceasefire one, I think we should appreciate that like there are two countries in the world not calling for a ceasefire at this mm-hmm. point, or at least abstaining on it. So I don't think you can actually give it that. I mean, the absolute weight of international opinion is on a ceasefire. And well, I mean, you're setting the bar pretty low if it's like, look at us, we're not doing exactly what the United States would do. And by the way, I'm quite certain there were conversations with the United States where they said, you do what you got to do for mm. your internal politics. Part of international relations is this kind of horse trading issue by issue, understanding the pressures that people have. It's the art of diplomacy. We've talked about this. We've talked about how when Canada went to Afghanistan so heavy in the 2000s, but didn't go to Iraq in many ways, there were conversations behind the scenes where it was, we'll take some of the load off you in Afghanistan, but for political reasons, we can't follow you to Iraq. That's how diplomacy works. That's the reality of it. So I don't think that was a perfect landing. Stephen's done a pretty good rundown on some of the others as to why they can't be considered perfect landings, right? I would say Pierre Polyevs comes pretty close to being a perfect landing. The only reason why I'm not that inclined to give it to him is because we just have not gotten to an election yet. So we just don't know. There is the possibility he's setting himself the mother of all traps by creating this fake persona that will fall to pieces under the hot lights of a campaign. I don't actually believe that's likely, but it's possible. Can't call it that one yet. Like, that's still a flight that's, you know, it's in mm-hmm, the air. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's at 30,000 feet, and we're going to have yeah. to figure out where that is in a bit. The door could blow the right rare, off. The rare perfect landing. I'm going to say one that you are going to think is a joke but I don't mean it as a joke. Sophie Gregor Trudeau, divorce of Justin Trudeau. That was out of the headlines like that. That was gone in an instant. And you see a little bit of it in like kind of the, the year-end wraps, but even then it's all on the on the prime minister. There have been situations in other countries where all of a sudden it's like, you know, page five news following what the former spouse is doing all the time with politicians. Like that that was very well done, the way they managed that at the summer with the announcement and how little conversation there's been afterwards. But the rare perfect landing I'm going to give is actually also off menu. And that's Sam Bagman Freed, open AI his ousting, and then his reverse ousting of the board that ousted him. You're, that, you're talking about Sam, Sam, Alt- Sam, Sam, Sam Altman. Altman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Freed, that was not perfect, dude. Like That did not go well. Too oh, many but, Sams. Yeah, too many Sams. I'm, Sam I, Altman. I'm just thankful you didn't name my Sam or your Sam in that. that I was, was like, good. Sam Bankford Freed. Yeah, that's that. true. My perfectly son's name landing, is Sam. Perfectly landing in prison. That's good. I like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Sam Altman. Oh, man. Yes. Sam Altman, perfect landing, open AI, reverse, 
reverse ousting. That was amazing. And, um, and you know, I think that it's actually, you know, Z- Zane Stevens already talked about ChatGPT twice. I-, I don't think that there's anything that's happened globally, literally in my lifetime, that's going to have a bigger impact than this generative AI. And, and that's even with the tools where they are today, once we've figured out how to incorporate yeah. them all through. And so I think that the stakes of the game he was playing where he got that perfect landing is what impresses me so much. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it to him. Now, obviously, the year ended a bit rocky with the New York Times suing OpenAI, but that's, uh, you know, that's a next year problem. That's like and for 2023, yeah. hell of a landing. Hell of a landing. Carter, you know, with Flair Airlines, you either get a perfect landing or if the plane doesn't arrive, they don't give you meal vouchers in a hotel. They make you walk. So it's time for our Flair Airlines walk of shame, Stephen Carter. (laughs) This is a a new segment we're adding this year. You're going to pick from the following list or we'll give you the ability to go off menu like Corey has. Who deserves the award for the Flair Airlines walk of shame this year politically? Is Is it Blaine Higgs on trans kids? Is it Anthony Rhoda? the former speaker who had to resign in shame? Is it Doug Ford on the Greenbelt controversy? Or is it Heather Stephenson and her campaign tactics in the 2023 Manitoba election? Carter, you got that list. You can add to it. But who's taking the Flair Airlines walk of shame for 2023 for you? Oh, I mean, the trans piece should be should be higher on my walk of shame, but you know, it's not just Blaine Higgs. I mean, we're going to see Danielle Smith do it. Um, we're seeing other Scott Moe. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Moe, who is absolutely, you know, a terrible human being. Um, so there's a, there's a whole collection of folks. Um, Doug Ford's Greenbelt thing was fun. Um, I'd have to say that that is one of the largest political back, you know, backtracks in history. Uh, but ultimately the, and you know what, speaker, not going to get there for me. So I think it actually has to come down to uh, uh, Heather Stephenson uh, because she's the one who was just an out-and-out racist and lost her election. Others can be out-and-out racists and uh, win elections. So, you know, she's doing something wrong. So I'm going to give her the ultimate walk of shame. The the once limericked Heather Stephenson gets Stephen Carter's award. Corey? Higgs, Rhoda, Ford, Stephenson, or are you going off book for the Flair Airlines walk of shame for 2023? Well, yeah, look, Higgs is somehow still there and and still walking around on two feet. So I think that you can't really say it's Higgs yet. Rhoda is already forgotten. So I don't think that, you know, it's not even a walk of shame. That would imply that people are looking at him. I mean, I think that he could go into his parents' house and be confused for a stranger at this point. Like nobody's talking about Rhoda. Uh, Stephenson lost ugly, like ugly, ugly, right? And I think that that's going to follow her for a while, and it should, and it should follow her and her party, because some of the tactics that they pulled at the last bid and like the vote, like nobody's watching, where yeah. it was like, hey, we know you're ashamed to vote for us. That yeah. was, that's about as walk of shame as it gets. But mm-hmm. the reason why I'm not going to say any of those, and the reason why I am instead going to go with Ford, is because this ain't over. Right. Like he, he bled so much. He lost a minister. He lost senior staff. He had to reverse himself entirely. So he lost the policy as well, but this ain't over. And there are investigations going on. There are still other shoes that could drop. And, um, this is, this is a big deal. 
This is a big deal. This is multi-billion dollar stuff. And so watch this space. And if if there's one thing that you can say about a walk of shame, it's shame. It's contrition. And Ford has basically had to reverse himself entirely and say how sorry he is here. So I'm going to give it to him. Let's just say I'm really pleased that we're not doing the walk of shame from the Game of Thrones, because that would be bad with the things, with the two people we've chosen. I wouldn't like it. Stephen Carter, we're going to move this segment on to our mm-hmm. another new segment, which is, uh, you guys may not know this, but 2023 was the first year that Flair Airlines has added a first row. Now, they don't have first class, but they have a first row now. You might be thinking, wait, how does that work? Well, they've got a first row, and it is a premium seat. They didn't have a first okay? row it's a one before? Like, they didn't have this... a first row before. Nope, nope, they didn't have a first row before. Okay, <laughs> we just started Don't test two? me on this. This is the first time they've had okay. a first row. Okay, right. 2023, it's landmark year for our sponsor, okay? So don't fucking slag them. It's it's but they've only got one first row seat. Yeah. Uh and so in this next segment, the Flair Airlines first row first row flyers, Corey Hogan, we're gonna choose between a couple of political players. Who would you rather be? Who would you put in that Flair Airlines first row seat? Some of them are outright winners, some of them are are, are losers going up against each other. I wanna I wanna figure out who you'd wanna put there. Who would you rather be? Who would you? Whose shoes would you rather be in, Stephen Carter? Let's start with you. Sure. Heading into this year, yeah. After all we've seen in 2023, after we're past Orthodox Christmas, would you be Danielle Smith or Wob Canoe? Who would you want to be sitting in that first row of your Flair Airlines flight? Danielle um, Smith or Wob Canoe? Both uh, winners in this year going forward. Who would you want to be? Morally or politically? Politically, Carter. This, okay. is, this is never called the moral. So oh, you don't have to. Show. You don't have to ask that clarifying question. Um, I think that Wab Canoe probably has a better chance of getting back-to-back governments. Uh, I think that you know we've seen one and done governments here recently, and it's it's tough to get momentum. Uh, it's tough to get things done. Um, you know, and it's it's hard to create things that aren't going to be immediately undone. Um, as the, as we saw with the, the PCs undoing, you know, Jim Prentice undoing rate, uh, uh, Alison Redford. God, that was embarrassing. Alison Redford. You ran her campaign, man. You were her chief of staff. I mentioned I'm a little (laughs) fucking tired. No one seems to be giving me a break today. That's okay. You know, I did the SBF Sam Altman thing. So yeah, I don't know so why, where I'm, you know, he's probably going to edit that out because he's going to. I'll probably edit that out. He'll probably edit it out. Zane, remind me to edit that out. I won't edit it out because it'll sound ridiculous when you do, when you bring Carter, your name in properly. You are delaying this. Who are you picking? Smith or Canoe? Corey, Bob Canoe. show us show us a bit of your math. Who are you picking? Daniel Smith or Wob Canoe? Who's sitting in that Daniel first row? Daniel Smith. Dan- Daniel Smith for sure. Like first of all, better chance of back to back. That is that is crackerjack stuff that you're suggesting that in Alberta conservatives who have governed for basically yeah, most of Alberta's existence. Now so I'm gunning for to... her, so she doesn't really oh, okay. have a chance, yeah. right? So well, look, I mean, I think we could relitigate that campaign a lot of different ways. But one of the things that was a bit I think demoralizing for people as they looked at it and they said, oh my goodness, with everything on the record for Danielle Smith, with every policy position she's taken, which were individually deeply unpopular in Alberta, there was still kind of a collective shrug by huge swaths of the population. Now, a few thousand votes in different places could have been an NDP government by a squeaker. You could make a pretty strong case this should never have been a close election in Alberta, let alone one Danielle Smith won. 
right? But there are just some inherent things there. So I do think Danielle Smith probably still has a better chance of back-to-back. I think that because she barely won, she eliminated all of the moderate elements in her party that might have given her trouble from that particular aspect. And so she's probably... Like, you don't hear a lot about UCP caucus unrest right now. Now, maybe you will in a year. That is kind of the UCP's... (laughs) But... You know, she seems to have a stronger hand than she did before the election. I remember talking to people before the election. They're like, oh, yeah, Danielle Smith's a train wreck. But don't worry, right after the election, we'll we'll start to figure oh, that yeah. out. No, that's not happening, right? Her hand has been incredibly strengthened. And then there's just the reality that I'd rather be Premier of Alberta than Premier of Manitoba, with no slight to our good friends in Manitoba. More powerful province, economic powerhouse, more people, yeah. bigger, bigger national prominence. I think you got to give the seat. To Danielle Smith. I say that while saying that, like, Wab Canoe, really love what he's managed to do there. Really impressive. Obviously, a really important premier as our first Indigenous premier. Yeah. Uh, but if you ask who is in kind of a better position to drive agendas going forward, it's probably Danielle Smith. Corey, I'm going to move on to our next one. Who would you rather be in that first row of the Flair Airlines flight? Would you be Pierre Polyev? And you might think, well, who could compare with Pierre Polyev right now? Or would you be David Eby? In the in the Pierre first Polyev. interesting, lay it on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, one is almost certainly going to be Prime Minister of Canada, and one of them has an election this year. That I mean, I think he will win pretty handily. But like, you know, it's he'll, he'll get to keep what he's got, right? I think that the upside on on Pierre Polyev is phenomenal in terms of power and authority and what he might be able to do. Carter, Pierre Pauly ever, David Eby. Uh, one gets to be prime minister and one gets to be the outgoing pre- premier. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the guy who gets to be the prime minister. So Pierre Pauly. You're saying outgoing premier. You think David Eby is going to lose in 2024? I think that there is a bigger chance of that than anybody is giving consideration to. Oh, interesting. interesting. Well, that's interesting. Oh, int- okay. So now I, I want to hear your analysis on this. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you BC heard the whole BC, uh, BC liberal uh, eulogy. I don't know if you yeah. heard that. Yeah, I don't know if you see where the conservatives are fucking polling. Uh, the conservatives in British Columbia have taken off. They are, so, you know, traditionally they're a rump. They don't even poll into the double digits in British Columbia. Now they have taken off into... Uh, well, what I would describe as the stratosphere for them. They are way up. Uh, and that's before we get to an election. Now, it could go where everything around the conservatives simply collapses because everybody thought the conservatives were, you know, Pierre Polyev. Um, but I don't think that David Eby has connected with the people of British Columbia in the same fashion the previous leaders have so no i i i'm I, i'm not going to say i'm confident but i'm not confident that it's going to be uh, a david eby walk uh you know walk to easy walk into the next level of government Corey, i mean he's 20 points up in the polls if we're going to say pierre polyev's up by a lot we got to say eby's up by a lot but to your point Stephen, if that vote consolidates the bc united and bc Lib- sorry the bc united and bc conservative vote yeah. behind one of those two then yeah it's actually a much closer election it's quite an interesting split it's where it's going to right like it could cuz bouncing back to bc united seems almost impossible kevin falcon does not seem to resonate at all so if it if it doesn't bounce back then what yeah, it's fascinating. We, we should probably do an episode at some point around how a political machine moves from one party to the not, for, to another, because one of the 
rationales one would imagine that the BC Liberals changed their name was that they are no longer Liberals. They never really were. They're more conservative than anything, at least in terms of some of the key organizers and folks. And now you've got a conservative party that might be exactly where they need to go that didn't look viable six, eight months ago. Carter, last one for you. Trudeau or Biden? One's got an election guaranteed happening in less than a year's time. But he's president of the United States. Should he win? The other is Justin Trudeau. Doesn't yeah. have to face the 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 music, so to speak, this year, unless he wants to, or it, it it so happens that way. Who would you rather be heading into this calendar year, Carter, Biden or Trudeau? Well, as you know, Biden's extremely old. He probably only has a couple of years left to live. Um, Politically I, speaking, Carter. No, yes. I'm still talking about politically. I mean, he's he's only got a couple of years to live. And I would still rather be him than Justin Trudeau um, because Biden has a chance of winning his next election. Justin Trudeau uh, can't win the most popular man in his own household contest. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Biden. Gory, you go and Biden and Trudeau. I mean, the 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 sort of thing to park is like which country they get to control in the back end of political victory. But in terms of in terms of electoral. We want to park that? I mean, I'd well, rather, I, I don't know. Well, intro, I introduce it, from because then it becomes obvious. You want to take anyone who's running to be the nominee for president of the United States versus even a sitting prime minister. Uh, but who would you be? Give me, give me, your, give me your take. I think that the amount of authority a U.S. president has is, is not something you can kind of just hand wave away. And I think Biden, lest we forget, his, the amount of time he's got left, even if he loses the election, is not significantly different than the amount of time Pierre or Justin Trudeau has left. Uh, you know, Biden things could go real south for, like he could lose to Trump. It could be the end of American democracy. He could be remembered as the American Kurt von Schleichner, you know, or Sch- oh, yeah. I, I don't know. That That's was. how I would say it. The, the chancellor how before it's, it's how it's Hitler, said. I can't remember. It's um, exactly how it said, though. No, no, yeah. you nailed it. Crushed it. Okay, well, but but as it stands... I think his name was Sam Bankman Street. <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> Might have been. Maybe it was a family name, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, who knows uh, what's going to happen. But I would rather be Joe Biden for a lot of reasons. Now, to be fair, though, Justin Trudeau probably knows what his defense minister is in the hospital or not. But that's topical humor. You guys didn't know that no, story? That's, that's, that's I did the whole door yeah. blowing off of an airplane. You guys didn't even fucking blink. No, we don't. We don't blink. You it's Claire. So Why would we blink? I did that's a whole fucking course. thing. It's standard business. Okay, that's a window seat. That's yeah, a window seat. It too. was a window yeah, seat. Okay, it's everyone gets a window seat. Okay, that's okay. that's great. That of course concludes the Flair Airlines first row first row flyer. All right, guys, it's time for our over under in our lightning round. Let's let's give you guys an opportunity to close out the year the way you want. Stephen Carter, a couple of questions. We do it for you, even in the holiday spectacular. Especially Thirteen years then. in a row. Yeah. Is Especially and even then, Stephen Carter, your biggest play of the year for 2023. What was it? Oh, my biggest play of the year for 2023. My goodness. I think it would have to be um, Danielle Smith absolutely lying about everything that she was going to do when she became the premier. And uh, Albertans uh, fearing a government of socialists completely buying into it um because it was amazing it was quite a play and i think that it was ultimately danielle smith i i wish i could say 
Doug Ford's Green Line because that's just kind of fun. But uh, Green no, Belt, yeah. Go, no, I'm sorry, that's Canadian Calgary's Green Belt. No. Okay, thank you, Carter. It is getting late. Corey Hogan, your Hi. political play, your biggest play of 2023 as we celebrate today on Orthodox Christmas, what would it be for you? I think one of the biggest things happening in Canadian politics, we've not actually talked about on this podcast, and I don't think in English Canada we are talking anywhere near enough about. I think we're so distracted by what's going on in Alberta and what's going on in Ontario and Higgs and New Brunswick. But there is kind of the fundamental, you know, English-French tension in this country rooted into our DNA that we are entirely asleep at the switch on. And I think the biggest play of the year has been Plamondon bringing, uh, you know, the Parti Québécois back from the ashes to be the party that's leading right now in Quebec on an actively, aggressively sovereignist agenda saying... We like like they released a year one budget for what the first year of Quebec separation would look like, right? They are ahead of the CAC by six points after being behind CAC by I think twenty five at the start of the year. Like this is something to watch. And when you start thinking about the volatile conditions that are kicking around here, oh, just imagine twenty twenty five we have Prime Minister Pierre Polyev, and then just imagine in twenty twenty six we have, uh, you know, Quebec Premier. Um, Plamondon. And then all of a sudden you start to think, are we going to have a Canada in 2027? It's not very difficult to imagine kind of the, the yeah. tinder that might result from this. So I, I'd prefer I think we not are, think of that, Corey, because you're scaring the shit out of me right now. We are totally asleep as a nation on this issue. Quebec sovereignty has been so dormant for so long. And even the PQ, when they've gotten close to power and been in power, they've run on a but not now agenda, right? We now have a PQ that is running on a why the hell not now? And yeah, sovereignty association. And yeah, looks a little different. But I think English Canada is going to be reacquainted with a bunch of concepts that they haven't thought about in 30 fucking years. And I think we're all asleep at the switch on it. So I think the play of the year goes to Plamondon. Yeah, no, the play of the year goes to you for choosing something we haven't spoken about on the podcast for the whole fucking year. That is <laughs> well, well done, we might brother. we, we might well talk done. about it soon uh, once we uh, have the country of Quebec uh, all set up and ready to go. Uh, yeah. Carter, here we go. Biggest surprise of 2023. Uh, biggest surprise of 2023. Oh, geez. Um, well, I'd love to be able to say that it was uh, Justin Trudeau and his inability to respond to crisis. Um, but that seems to go back a few years. So I'm going to have to go, oh, Dave, the NDP in British Columbia having to disqualify a green level, you know, a green style candidate because they were so scared that that candidate would beat um, their chosen hero of David Eby. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I think that that was a, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was uh, so you sure that's, yeah, I was going to say, you sure that's what you want to go with? We'll take it. Listen, we'll I mentioned it. I was fucking tired, and you guys have driven this fucking podcast all night what long. What did you expect? I'm exhausted. Corey, Corey literally texted you and said, brew a pot of coffee. Have you done that? No, because I don't know how to it'd be, work it. It'd be time. Uh, it'd be time. Corey. It's time. Your you, biggest there's surpri- still probably another hour. You're good. Corey, your biggest surprise of 2023, just a reminder, Carter chose something not from this series, so you can easily win this question. Shut up. Is it a contest? I didn't know we were <laughs> It's in always a contest. a contest. It's always a contest, okay. Carter. I've been keeping score it's for the last a several years. <laughs> The biggest surprise of 2023 
You're talking in Canadian politics? We're allowed to go a little bit broader than that? Sure. G- give me whatever you want at this point, Corey. Oh, sure. He it can is choose holidays. from whenever. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. Put your feet up. Do whatever you want. That the more jeopardy Donald Trump gets in, the more voices that rise up against him, the more legal risk he's in, the more popular he becomes with the Republican base. And look, I, I was pretty used to Donald Trump having a cynical grasp on the Republican Party once he won. But even in this primary season, when they could, in theory, go somewhere else, he, his, the way he's managed to get a stranglehold on this, the way now everybody in the Republican leadership, save for you know some of the Senate leadership, is endorsing Donald Trump, despite him being under multiple indictments in you know state level, federal level, all over the place, rewriting the history. This guy ran an inter- insurrection against the United States. There are now disqualifications of ballots occurring here, and he just gets more and more popular. That, to me, is probably one of the bigger surprises, but it's also probably one of the more dangerous things to watch next year. I, I mean, I think we are so used to times where language is so over the top on so many issues. But this is just utterly existential for the United States. The way that they are sleepwalking towards a man who has now said, oh, I don't know, that he's going to run himself as a dictator for day one. I'm sure it won't stop after day one. The way he's talked about actively... I don't know, imprisoning people who have different views from him, that, you know, the threats that his proxies have made about basically everything that we would consider fundamental to a fair and democratic society is so incredibly troubling. And yet this man sits there in the polls, tied with Joe Biden, sits there un unsurmountable in the Republican primary. Now, maybe next week we'll get a bit of a surprise in Iowa. Someone will outperform. Maybe people will reconsider some things. But as it's it stands right points. now, yeah, yeah. In 2020, he started 2023 not actually up that much on Ron DeSantis. Not at all. To speak about somebody we talked about. Yeah. You know, like 15 points. Pierre Polyev over Justin Trudeau territory here. Now he's approaching kind of like the territory in the overall primary. I'm not talking Iowa, but like in the overall race. He's he's getting like Eastern Soviet dictator levels of support from Republicans. I know this is your your response here, but there's a good chance that the Republican primary is over in like eight weeks from now. Like yeah. it's over. Oh, yeah. Like it's the races are not held, but it's over. Like it is so like they drop out like so quickly. They don't have money. They don't have time. These are all the other competitors I'm talking about to Trump that it's just over. Like the coronation has yeah. begun six weeks in, um, you know, four weeks after Iowa. Very possible that that is what we are going to see in the United States. And then Trump's the nominee. Corey, that's yours. Carter, I'm going to end with you. On this final question, who won this past year? Who was the biggest winner of this past year? I think there's a name we've been repeating over and over on the pod. You can go with that. You can go with someone else. I'll let you keep as broad or a narrow of a scope as you want as we round out the holiday spectacular for this year. Stephen Carter, who won 2023? I want to say the anarchists. The anarchists won, Zane. I mean, look at the United States, Corey's point about Donald Trump. Look in Canada as Danielle Smith takes the center stage and Pierre Polyev. There's a bunch of get- anarchists that are d- really mad at you right now. I, but keep going. Oh, you want the anarchists only on the left? There's anarchists on the right. They're crazy people on both sides. And you know what? I, the anarchists have been mad at me for years. This is nothing new for me, right? The anarchists are already angry. So... uh I'm going to say, in general, right-wing politics, then, because Corey doesn't like my phrasing. Right-wing <laughs> politicians and right-wing uh, 
organizations based on misinformation continue to win uh, and they've won 2023. If they win 2024 and 2025, um, I have great fear for the future of our democracies. Corey, who won 2023? Yeah. Uh, Look, this was not a great year. We saw within... There were glimmers of hope. There were nations that turned back from darkness. But by and large, we continued to see demagogues do well. We continued to see uh, people not have the attention span to deal with true dictators and true tyrants like Vladimir Putin. And we continued to see uh, rising unrest in a world that had, you know, actually become pretty peaceful. Like, look, there were conflicts abound all over the world. Right. But if you turn back the clock even 10 years, we had seen far less than we'd seen 10 years before that. Far less 10 years before that. And it just doesn't feel like we're going in the right direction at all. So a lack of human attention span, a lack of human empathy. These things seem to be coming out undisputed champions, uh, having a grand old time on Elon Musk's ex, just shit posting our way to oblivion and destruction. But uh, yeah. Happy fucking New Year, everybody. Uh, One final audible. Uh, Carter, name another Filipino person. (laughs) And we're going to leave it there. That's a wrap on the Holiday Spectacular. My name is Zane Velji. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. And we'll see you in the New Year.